When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Gap Downbacker podcast. Uh, today we have Coach John Brockhorst, uh, the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Bastrop High School in Texas. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's great being on. I appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate it. I, I think for about a calendar year, we've tried on and off to schedule something, and our schedules just never align. And it's uh, it's fine. So. Life of the high school coach. Yeah, high school coach. Oh, and you got COVID and then all that lovely stuff. And it's interesting. Um, also, before we, we start, um, down below, make sure you check out the affiliates and sponsors, of course. But also make sure you check out Coach's um, YouTube channel. I'm just going to plug it now before he even starts plugging it because he does some good stuff on talking about the power spread. By the time this is released, I think most of his videos will be out. Um, so make sure you check out. He's got, was it 10-part total series is what you planned out, is that right? I just want to correct. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 10-part series. 10-part series on his power spread, which I'll, I'll let him talk about here in a little bit. Uh, but before we get to that, Coach, um, you want to kind of give a background on how you ended up at, at your high school and kind of your journey as a coach? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm, I'm in my 24th year as being a, a, a teacher and a coach. Um it's funny because I was telling the story not long ago that when I first, um, you know, when I was in college, I wasn't planning on being a coach. I was planning on being on Wall Street. Um, you know, I, had, I was going to college and, you know, I wanted to be in the financial services. I, matter of fact, I was in the middle of doing an internship um, at a financial services corporation. And I had a buddy of mine who was a baseball coach at a private school in the Austin area who you know, called me and said, Hey man, um, I need some help with my JV baseball team. Can you, you know, you got some time. I'll pay you a, a little stipend. You can just come out, you know, a couple days a week and help out and all that type of stuff. And I said, yeah, man, no problem. And, um, so ended up going and helping and fell in love with it. And it's, I was like, wow, you know, this is, I never thought about it. I mean, honestly, you know, we're talking about in the early nineties, um, never in my life did I, did I think coming out of high school, um, I wasn't able to play college due to an injury, uh, that's the same my senior year. Um, and so you know, I, you know, I, I just, I wanted to be involved in, in sports, but I didn't know how, and then I just kind of got bit by the bug of going and being, um, you know, the, the next Gordon Gecko, um, you know, Wall Street <laughs> fan, the movie, you know, he was good. And, uh, and all that type of stuff. And then I got, I got bit by the coaching bug. And so as I was finishing up, co- finishing up college, I was on that, you know, that long, you know, journey of changing majors three or four times and all that <laughs> stuff. Um, <laughs> my kids give me a grief about that. Um, that I, you know, I, I started working, I went to work at a private school while I was finishing up school and, and all that type of stuff. And, you know, next thing you know, um, I'm coaching. I'm coaching full time. I'm teaching full time. And never in my life did I thought that I think 24 years later, um, this is what I'd be doing. But um, it's been it's been great. So you know, my first uh, my first OC job, I, I wrote a split back veer. Um, absolutely <laughs> cannot stand option football, which is funny because RPO is basically um, option yep. football. Um, but uh, yeah, so split back veer. I, I loved the West Coast offense. I was, you know, I studied Bill Walsh inside and out. Loved everything that had to do with the the, the West Coast offense. I told myself I'm ever gonna have my own program. I'm gonna run the wishbone, uh, the the, uh, the West Coast offense. And um, you know, I was a uh, got, got fortunate enough to uh, to be a, a head coach at a school at a very young age. And I was uh, 20, 26. And uh, didn't run the West Coast offense, ran the spread. I jumped in and, and uh, was at four wides and, 
and following the ball around and all that stuff and studying, you know, how mummy and being an air raid guy. And, you know, and, and just as the years have gone on, I've just gravitated less and less out of being an air raid guy to being more of the power spread. I, I studied, started studying Gus Malzahn, um, a long time ago, um, back when his, you know, when his book, his, his, his video series was coming out and, I'm just starting looking at that going, you know, I, I, this really fits my identification as, a, as, a, as an offensive person. This has grown um, since, you know, I'd say probably since 2011 uh, when I really started. So it's only been 10 years that I've really grown into wanting to do this uh, and, and doing this, this sort of offensive philosophy. And But I've coached uh, – I think every form of football that there is, um, <laughs> I've coached, uh, you know, high school, obviously I was a, a defensive coordinator and then a head coach at the junior college level. Um, I coached minor league semi-pro football in, in the off season um, for a few years, coached indoor arena football, uh, coached six man football. Uh, and so, you know, you name it, I've covered it. Um, just love the game of football. And so, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I'm just a junkie. I'm just a football junkie. And and then so I, and then about two, three months ago, I had a few coaches ask me about this whole power sprint RPO and have I thought about doing a, a video? Yeah. And you know, I've been trying since we got in this the, the greatest thing that ever happened out of this COVID thing, if there can ever be anything positive that comes out of it, has been this whole Zoom sensation. Um, and doing coaching Zoom sessions, and yeah. you know, I did a couple. You know, I did a couple in the off. You know, last spring, and then you know, I have a group of, of coaches that I know that you know we got together every Monday afternoon, and we would one of us would do a presentation, and you know, and then Coach Dearman um, had one that he did once a week, and then it just everything just kind of started to snowball, and so you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna do this monthly. Um, coaches zoom session and I, you know, I, I termed it the power spread RPO, you know, coaches zoom session. I have a coach, come, you know, come on. If it's myself, I opened up the first session. I did it. I have another coach come on, have a defensive coach come on and talk about how they stop the RPO. And, um, you know, I know that this is going to, this is going to get, um, released down the road, but actually tonight I've got one, um, where I've got Jason Phillips, who's an assistant coach at Alcorn State University is going to talk about, how they install and teach RPOs and, and you know, how they attack the odd front and the bare front. And, you know, they, what they do at Alcor State is, uh, you know, is, is pretty, is pretty cool when it comes to the RPO stuff. So, um, you know, that's kind of starting to grow and build. And then I had somebody ask, you know, hey, how about do a, a video? How about do a series on this stuff on how you do it? It's like, I'm not, I don't have a name enough to actually where people would want to watch, you know, listen to me or watch me talk about an offense that everyone in America can run on their own. I don't need to be doing it, you know, so talk me into it, did it. And the, the response has been overwhelming. I mean, I've been very, very blessed um, by having coaches contact me. Hey, I like what you're doing. I like this. And the feedback's been incredible. So, you know, it's been a, it's been a pretty cool journey. Um, definitely out of my comfort zone. Uh, I am not comfortable in front of a camera. Um, I, I've told people before, I've got the face and body for radio. Um, <laughs> nobody needs to see this on video. So. Well, well, I, I, well, I, I tell people all the time, I do not have the face for this, and I do not have the voice for this either. So it's it's fine, Coach. I just like talking football. And, and, and I don't know what you're saying about notoriety. You you have like 6,000, and I just double-checked why you're saying that. You have 6,000 Twitter followers. I don't want to hear it. Like... Before you even start with your little, oh, I don't have notoriety. That's that's a good chunk of followers right there. So in my in my time this comes out, I bet it would probably be over seven. So I don't know about that. Oh, but, uh, there you go. So I, yep. I catch I catch grief by my family because of the, the Twitter Twitter followers and all this stuff, and they like to get they like to pick on me. Um, there ain't nothing wrong with that. It's, it's fun. Now I, I do. You hit something there, and I'm always curious. And I've never actually talked to somebody. What What is six man football like? Like that's from a curious style. I, like I'm, I'm always curious. It is. It is literally basketball on grass. Okay. Uh, it is all about offensive football. Um, 
you know, we were talking, you know, before we started the show, we were talking about my son. Um, his last two years in high school, uh, he was my quarterback at a six-man school. Um, you know, and it's it's ridiculous. I mean, we just if you're an offensive-minded guy, you love six-man football because it's all about scoring. It's all about because everybody's eligible. So you've got six guys, and your center's eligible. And so, you know, we find a kid who looks who's basically a tight end type body who can snap the ball and and run tight end style routes and um, and that sort of thing. I ran a I ran a very very much a hybrid version of the power spread offense in six from from six minutes ten point RPO because you know your quarterback cannot run unless a the ball is indirectly snapped to him. So you have to have somebody catch the snap and flip it back to him. Um, and so you you know that's kind of deemed an RPO because they because he has a run pass option, but you know, it's it's one of the it's the craziest game um, I've ever been associated with. Um, you know, we we won a game uh, one year. We scored 123 points. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but the scary thing is, we gave up 77. Jesus. You know? And I, uh, we won. I, we won a game um, one year, 9189. Uh, and it's just it's just one of those things where. I've, I always told my defense coordinators, I need one stop a quarter. Just give me one stop a quarter. And that's, I mean, because in six, man, you don't like to punt. If you punt, um, man, you're giving up. You, you can't afford to give up possession. So you try not to punt. Um, you know, it's 15 yards for a first down. It's, it's, I mean, it is crazy. It's a, it's, but it's fun. I got to ask the fault question. Why don't you just play eight, man? Is there just not enough kids even with that? Or is like. You know, I'm curious. Like, above my pay grade, I don't know why. You know, I don't know how six man. I know in state of Texas, eight man used to be played a long, long time ago, uh, back in the Dust Bowl days. Um, but I don't know what happened, why it went from eight man to six man. But it, you know, it's very much prevalent in um, in small town Texas, yeah, where you, you don't have enough players to to field an eleven man team. And I think and six man is very large in this state. Um, Especially out in West Texas, you know, I, you know, we, I use the, I use I thirty five in Texas as the kind of the the, the border. Yeah. Everything west of I thirty five is where the majority of six man schools um, are. East of thirty five, there there are not very many um, private schools. Um, play a lot of six, there are a lot of a lot of six man schools in, in, in the six man teams in the private schools, um, just because of you know size of the schools. Yeah. Stuff like that. But other than that, I have no idea why eight man is never taken. Well, well, also, I mean, west of thirty five, there, I mean, you don't have anything until you hit El Paso. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> there, ain't nothing, there ain't nothing there. It's a bunch. Yeah, it's a small it starts, town. Yeah, and, the towns start getting smaller and smaller the further west you go. Yes, that is that is a hundred percent correct. Um, so before we hit some of the, I mean, we're going to talk power read today. I mean, we haven't even mentioned that, but I, I want to add, like what. Because I'm always curious with longtime quarterback guys and to pick their brain is uh, a couple quick questions is one where do you start every year with your quarterbacks like what 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 does that process look like for you and does it change at all year to year? I I start um, at ground zero every single year um, and my quarterback especially my returning quarterbacks you know veteran quarterbacks who've been in the system for a few years or whatever. Um, you know, you've got to get bored early. Um, but I always, I always feel that starting at the at the ground level, base level, is always is always good for your kids. Um, that way, because you know, we've got like my quarterback, my quarterback this year plays basketball, so he went from football to basketball. And I just got him back like two weeks ago, uh, two three weeks ago. So you know, he has, you know, even though he throws on the weekend. There's still little things that you want to make sure that we get cleaned up heading into spring ball. So we always start at ground zero. And then from there, I make the determination, okay, how far can we advance? Can we go ahead and skip these steps? Or do we need to just continue to go up the ladder one step at a time? Um, but, you know, I am a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those new age coaches in regards to, I don't use a lot of, you know, gadgets. You know, I don't bring out a lot of things. I'm, you know, to me, I, I strip it all down. And it's about feet, it's about hips, it's about that lower half, making sure, um, you know, I stole, um, I stole something a long, long time ago from Todd Dodge, um, 
who's the, the AD yeah. or, the, or the head football coach at Austin Westlake. Uh, when he was at South Lake Carroll talking about cameras. So we talk, I talked to them and I've always talked to them about their cameras. They're, you know, they're, they're off shoulder. Um, their lead shoulder is camera one. That's always got to, that camera's always got to be facing your target. Uh, your chest is, is camera two. And then your throwing shoulder is camera three. All of those have got to be in line through the process. Um, and so we, and we, so we just talk about those things and, uh, and, and we just progress down the line. As, uh, as we get going through the process, and, you know, some years we can skip over a lot of the steps and get right into uh, more, you know, detailed oriented things. And then there's some years that, you know, you just got to do steps one, you know, one through 10. Um, just, just, you just got to get back to basics. So that's kind of where I was point for me. Okay. Um, and, and then next thing I want to ask you a couple of football things is um, for, just out of curiosity, because everybody's a little slightly different with their quick, quick game footwork. What does your quick game footwork look like? And what's your verbiage for it? Just out of curiosity. Our, our quick, because we're in the gun, yeah. um, our quick game, we're not taking a drop. It is catch and throw. Okay. Um, you know, and so what I work on each year with my quarterbacks, because every quarterback is different, is some quarterbacks are great at just pivoting, and some quarterbacks need to flip their hips. Um, some are just, you know, they just are, you know, if we, if, if, if we're throwing to our right, like a right-hand quarterback, some, some quarterbacks can pivot and throw and are quick. Some have to flip the hips and throw. Uh, and so I really, I start studying them, um, their hips and their, their feet to see how fast they are in that regard to their release. Um, and so, but we don't take a drop. Um, we do, you know, that's with our quick game. I do have what I, what I would deem extended quick game which means that like we've got a concept that we're going to run a kind of expanded out, not a deep out. It's not a quick out. It's an expanded out. So instead of you know, rounding it out at, at three to five, we're more like rounding it out at seven to nine or, or that sort of thing. And at that, from that, what I do is I tell our quarterbacks, you can take one step back. You can take a step back. Um, that way it times up. Um, but we work through that process through, uh, th- you know, through repetition and through off season um, to make sure that the timing is right. But for our quick game, for the most part for quick game, it is catch and throw, catch and throw, catch and throw. Okay. You've kind of already mentioned, obviously, your transition to the power spread. Mm-hmm. When did you start adding power read to your power spread? And what was kind of the renaissance to adding that? <sighs> The power read for me actually didn't. It came about three years ago when I first got a bass drop. Um, the main thing is I had a kid who was a Division One talent quarterback, um, and he was a you know he was a dual threat quarterback. And, and you know, when we first started, when we first started the process of installing in the spring of when I got here, um, we had, we weren't doing. Um, power read at all. We weren't doing the power read. We weren't doing the power toss. Uh, we were doing quarterback sweep. Um, I knew he was athletic, so there were things that we'd zone read. Um, you know, we'd give a dash call. So it looked like, you know, even if we're in 20 personnel, we're still, we're arc blocking with our H back and we're just going to run zone read, mm-hmm. um, run quarterback sweep. Um, but I got to study a little bit more in that off season, some of the things that Clemson had been doing. And and seeing you know what they were doing with the power read, seeing what they were doing with the power toss, um, and really liked it. And so <clears throat> I had it in the, kind of in the back of my mind to, to think about it as we got into the season. <clears throat> and then when we, you know, as as we were progressing through fall camp into the first part of the early part of the season, started realizing that really our, with our tailback, uh, we had a really good tailback, and he was excellent at running outside zone. I mean, we, we just got really good at running outside zone. And, and you know, we still run our power. We still run counter H real well. We didn't run inside zone real well. We ran outside zone very well, um, which was really weird. Um, so I'm not a big believer trying to, you know, put a square peg through a round hole. And so I'm looking at, okay, well, my the strengths of my kids are outside zone, power, counter, We'll mix in inside zone and split zone, but really kind of reverse the priority um, to fit who the person with the personality of our yeah. kids and the personality of our offense. So as we were getting running more and more outside zone with success, we started getting extra roll downs 
they're trying to defend it because you know we're running it with uh with our he's our blocking out of the alley defender and if we got on him we were gone i yeah. mean we were doing a great job in safety you know who's 12 yards deep um as having to come downhill and he's not making a tackle you know eight yards but but eight yards upfield so we start getting more teams starting to roll people down yeah so, okay fine well how now this is where i'm going to start working our power read into this now and so we started we started implementing the power read so you know we're not blocking the defensive end we're arc blocking um with the uh with with the hvac and you know let's go and so it just kind of started to formulate and then we i started adding the the counter the 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 counter read off of it yeah um so so now if we were starting to get too many defenders rolled down because uh, we'd be surprised at some of the things that we we'd see um and so it's like, okay, great what we're going to do is we're if, if we're going to run outside zone but it's going to be outside zone as if the hvac's not there because we're going to run counter h back the other way and so i just tell our quarterback hey if we got an extra defender out there you're running counter it's, it's going to be quarterback counter so you're just going to you're going to take your two ride steps which which basically come to be like counter steps yeah. so you take those two slide steps on his ride it allows the guard h to get around and if he sees an extra hat he pulls and he gets out the back door and we're running counter back the other way and so it really just started kind of gravitating in, in you know becoming something that you know it almost became more of a core of our offense yeah. than a secondary you know feed off of um, of our offense and, and building off that. So that was, that was in year one, year two, we didn't, you know, year two was weird because we weren't very good at outside zone. We we're really good at inside zone. So we didn't run as much power read, um, you know, because our tailback had graduated and the, and the backs that we had were more guys. Um, and then, you know, broke in a sophomore quarterback who's not as uh, agile. He still runs, he still runs well, but he's not the dynamic runner as the quarterback I had. Um, so, you know, this year we didn't run as much yeah. uh, power read as well. But, um, you know, it, again, it's all about the personality of your team and, and what you have. Uh, that's kind of how we, I've gravitated to it. Um, you know, I still like running the power toss off it as well. Uh, we don't do it as much as I, I think we need to, and that's just because I'm too stubborn uh, <laughs> with it. But I know I need to run it more, but that's kind of how we've gotten to be. Well, I, I think that's that's about all offensive coordinators is. Oh, I should have ran that more. Or oh, ah, dang it, I'm too stubborn. Well, it, it, I mean, it is what it is. You can't. Unfortunately, you only have so many plays that call plays, coach. And yeah. I mean, you do. Yeah, and that's that's true. I mean, it, you know, when I when I look at it, and I'm looking at because I'm I'm very very um, I hate adding plays for the sake of adding plays. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just I like to keep my menu. Uh, small, but with a lot of formations and being able to just run everything out of multiple formations. So what, you know, it got to the point where like, okay, we're doing this, we're doing this. Well, something's got to get left out. Yeah. Um, and, I, and so I wasn't quite comfortable running power toss yet. So that was always the first one that got chopped. We'll come back to it. We'll yeah. come back to it. GT went out, the, went out the window real early in the process. <laughs> you know, I, um, I like GT, but you gotta have dudes who can run GT. Yeah. Um, but, but I'm more sold out to GH. Um, you know, people call it GF, but um, with the H back um, that's that's more my my bread and butter of yeah. stuff. Well, as long as you're not calling it H or that F, a sniffer coach, you're fine. You can call it whatever you want. Just that's I I just I hate the term sniffer. It's just. Uh, I catch myself every once in a while because when people when I, I tell people you know he's he's in a tight he's in this tight set and they look at me with this look of what do you mean by tight set and I said he's in a sniffer set oh yeah okay yeah. I, I mean I, I, I hate it um, but sometimes it's the description that people understand and it all it's like a weird transition too too because it, it was okay obviously fullbacks forever and then you made this transition to the gun two back version oh it's just an H back. Yeah, he's your hybrid tight end, and now for some reason people are using the term sniffer, and I don't know why, nor do I really care. It's just I just hate yeah. it. Like, yeah. God. Well, we we jo- we joke all the time with one of our buddies that he was almost the sniffers back coach at a school. I'm like, yeah. you were almost a sniffers coach, not even a fullbacks coach, just a sniffers yeah. coach. That sounds horrible. Yeah, 
So, that's, the, that's, the, that's the step below God. the, the H back Titans coach. God, yeah, it's just bad. So, um, what are you? I mean, when you're running this, what are you looking for? And then, um, is there anything specific? Do you? I mean, I I literally saw one earlier on in the day. Like, um, I think it was uh, Coach Stern asking, "Do you prefer to run power to a three or a one? Is there anything specific you're looking for? Um, do you prefer someone to run it to what? Um, I hate running against odd front. Um, I, I, you know, to me, I don't, I don't care for running it to a one or a three. Okay. Um, had centers who have been great at locking, you know, locking back on threes. Um, I think preference would be, you know, running it to the three. Um, I love running against even front, you know, I, I guess even front defenses, um, present an easier read, uh, for everybody odd front, you know, if you get a four eye, um, now, now you're getting into a debate on are you reading the four eye or are you reading the the alley? Yeah. And so that kind of goes back to my my transition in theory over the last year of stop talking about people and start talking about gaps. You know, um, that because people move, gaps don't. Yeah. And so you can cut down a lot of confusion by saying, okay, we're going to block the man in the C gap. Yeah. Okay. Well, if he's in a four eye, he's in the B gap. So we're not blocking. We're not reading him. We're going to read the guy in the C gap. Well, if the, if the C gap is, you know, the walk down, that's, that's who we're reading. Well, there's nobody, there's nobody in the alley now. Okay. You you know, we treat it just like a dash call, which is you arc block, eyeball on Mike. You know, if Mike heavy scripts, let's pick him up. If not, keep going up to keep going up to the free. Yeah. Um, you know, and so but it odd fronts present more challenges because yeah, again, it's odd. And so there are fewer, you know, it, it, the assignments get mixed up a lot of times if there's not great communication. Even front, it's that's easy. Um, and it's, it's actually the preference. I mean, I, we, we faced, um, we faced more and more odd fronts here um, than we do even front. Um, but you know, my, my, my preference is, you know, I, 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 if in a perfect world, I'd like to run it to a three, it's, it's easier. Um, we're going to read that quote unquote defensive end, um, the C gap defender, he's going to be our read. And I try to make it as simple as possible for our quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, he's going to take his two shuffle steps, and you know, he's reading the defensive end. Defensive end expands with the tailback. You're pulling, and you're and you're up on the up with the guard. If he if he settles, or he sees the block down, which a lot of you know, a lot of defensive ends they see a tackle block down, he's going to squeeze the heel line of the of the tackle and and, wait, and look for the puller. And we, around here, because in Texas you can do it, we get a lot of guys who cut pullers. Yeah. Um, so you're going to be this man who will just, you know, he'll see lockdown. He knows pullers coming. He's getting ready to submarine um, the puller. Well, that makes it that makes it an easy block. I mean, an easy an easy read for you. Just hit the ball off. You run outside zone. Uh, so those are the you know that's kind of the that's just the 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 nuts and bolts process that we go I go through with our quarterbacks on, on how this is going to work. Okay. Now. Um... You you mentioned something there. Um, oh, I just lost my train of thought for half a second. Um, but you mentioned there that you're kind of seeing more odd fronts. I I think that's just naturally the the case. I think mm-hmm. I think that the NFL's. I mean, the NFL pretty much switched to predominantly odd front league for what, 15 years, 10, 15 years ago. I think that's finally trickled down to our level nationally. Like I mean, we see the same thing. It's now some of it's more five two ish here. Um, but still, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I think that's the overall trend. And I, a part of that, I think it's personnel driven. It's, oh, I don't have the big kids I used to and, I, or I want to get more speed on the field. At the higher level, like, I shouldn't say higher levels cause I don't want to, you know, degrade 3A below or whatever. At 5A on up mostly, um, we get a lot of, of, of 3-3 three, three stack those types of looks more and more more and more teams are going to that at the th- you know four three eight three eight, mostly three eight and down you still get a lot of um you know split over three um looks from people but 
you know, we're, uh, you know, we're seeing, uh, I think with the advent of more and more people doing RPOs, you're getting that Iowa state defense to yeah. so three safeties. Um, you know, you're getting an odd, you know, that odd front look with three safeties and, you know, and so you really have to, you know, you, you gotta really be on your, on your game on, especially if you're gonna RPO with your, with your quarterback saying, okay, that outside linebacker is over the top of, or outside of your slot. He's not the, the read your Rover who is, even though he, he's apex at 12 is your D gap run fitter. He may be 12, 12 yards away, but he's actually the read. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to attack the middle of the field there. Uh, and so it's just, it's, it's just one of those things where you just have to make sure that, you know, you're covering all your bases with that. But yeah, I mean, I, I, the more and more odd front, I mean, every year it seems like more and more teams are, are going odd front. And I think, like you said, it's just a national thing that's just trickling down level yeah. to level. Well, as we as as majority of high school offenses turn into college or the NFL, well, probably college, not the NFL, because the NFL still hasn't fully converted the RPOs the way college has. I think that's kind of, especially in your state. I mean, your state's a little more. Your state adapts a little bit better because your field, how your field's set up and all that as well. Um, but yeah, I think that's. I mean, nationally, that's the growing trend. Is some sort of odd front coverage wise may not look like college, but. That's a whole different. That's a whole different yeah. concept. I mean, yeah. All right. So this is, uh, you know, wanted to show this. This is from my first year. Uh, this is a playoff game against Kerrville Tyvee. We were more. We this year. This year, right here, we were a lot of twenty and ten. We were in and out of twenty and ten personnel groupings a lot in my first year, just because of the, the personnel that we had um, on the outside. So. You know, we had a lot of guys that we wanted to make sure we got on the field. So um, this is a, this is our very first power read uh, of the night that we ran. Um, I'm going to give you the end zone. I'm going to show you the end zone view of it. It's a lot better. Um, but again, you know, we're in 10 personnel, so uh, we don't have our H back. We're, we're in trips. Um, we're in trips to the, uh, to the left. And, and you'll see it here. Our quarterback does a really good job of making the read here on 51. And again, this, why this works so well for us this night is because this guy right here was killing him with outside zone. Yeah. Um, we, we ran for over 530 yards there you go. Um, that night. And this guy had 335. Of it. And I mean, I'll, I'll just tell you right now, coach, there were times that we were hitting outside zone here. Jesus. Because they were flying, the linebackers were flying out so much um, because we were just, you know, we were getting seven yards, six yards, five yards, yeah. uh, just running a regular outside zone. And it just got to the point where as soon as that, you know, as soon as they saw him turn shoulder, they were flying out. And he was just such a great running back for us. And I only got him for one year because I, I came in his senior year that, you know, he'd take the handoff and he'd just, he'd be out the door. Uh, it was incredible. He'd go untouched. He went untouched through, uh, twice for 60-plus yards for a touchdown, running outside zone right through here. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. So, But uh, here, I mean, we do a great job. We get, we get 51 kind of kind of in conflict here. He doesn't, you know, he's trying to squeeze. 40 sees outside zone already, and he, you can see him already. He's, he's starting to panic. He's seeing it coming again. And so he starts, he's already in a, you know, where he's putting his foot in the ground and start wanting to widen again. And you see, he takes him. Yep, gets the far field and you go, yep. And so we pull it and there we go, right up the gut. Well, that's like when we ran this when I was at um, Westland. I mean, that was, that was always a thing. Like, I, it was always beautiful when they just try to run upfield at it and like, okay, I'll just run right underneath you. There we go. Yep. You know, so, you know, he gets... 51 sees a block down, and so he's gonna he's gonna gum and squat. He's gonna try wrong wrong shoulder this thing. Well, he's you know basically he's the read, so our guard you know is bypassing him anyways. He's getting up in the hole. Well, linebacker 40 is running away. Yeah. So everything just sets up <laughs> perfect for us. And you know again, our, this kid right here, number 11, Desmond Young, he plays at Houston Baptist. Is just a dude. Yeah. You know. 
He's just a dude for us. Um, so here we go again. We got another one. You know, I, I'm, not all these go for 16 yards. Some of them, you know, we don't make the right read. And, um, you know, right, right here, there's a perfect example. Sometimes you just, you get too greedy. And, you know, we're three by one. And, you know, we're, we're, we're three over three here. And so, you know, we're in a three by one set, but we're three over three. So we have the numbers here. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not real sure why he chose again, you know, this kid kind of, he kind of slow plays, but he's not getting, you know, that, that defense is not getting our tailback. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're three on three here. He, this is one of those that he should have just given because I mean, you look at that, that's a lot of, that's a lot of green to be looking at Yeah. You know, you know, off the top, but you know, he, he decides to pull it and, and gets us you know, two yards. And, uh, you know, again, it's third and two. So, you know, he gets us a first down, but it could have been, you know, a 15 yard gain off outside zone. Yeah. Again, it's 51. And his first steps are squeezing down. And for some reason, that time, our guard, of course, this kid who's playing guard for us on that side, uh, our best puller that year was this kid right here. This kid right here was a little bit younger and didn't quite understand the the concept of things at times. So, you know, he sees him as like, dude, you can't block the greed. You got to get up to the next level. That's, you know, that's what your job is. But, you know, it, it still ends up working. We get we get the two yards, but it could have been a lot, you know, a lot more uh, and a lot better play for us. So here, this is out of our 20 personnel. And this right here is just a, a, a bad, again, like I said, I'm, I'm not somebody who, who believes in just showing all the great things. Yeah. Um, you know, that's easy to do. You know, this right here is just honestly a, a, a complete miscommunication between our quarterback and our tailback. Um, and that happened, you know, that even though we were in game 11 of that year, it's still a new system at times. And so, you know, we're running, we're running power read and he hands it. And our tailback totally forgets, and he thinks it's power, and so he just follows the guard. <laughs> it's like, no, you're running outside zone. Our quarterback's running yeah. power, you know. And so you, you have those things, but but again, you know, we're we're in a a second and four situation. We're running power read right here. You see, you see, linebacker here already. He sees he sees uh, our tailback. Going across, he sees our H back, arc releasing. Yeah. You know, so they, that's how it kind of was for us that night, where you know they were trying to, they're trying to widen us and trying to get there first. Yeah. Um, and that's why we started running a little bit more of the power read that night. Um, you know, not all the time did we do it right, but. No, but like you said, it's creating holes because they're overflowing because you ran outside zone so well. Yeah. And because, you, I mean, great thing about power read, it gives you all that same look and that same stretchability. Exactly. And so, you know, here we go again. We're in 10 personnel. And this time, not sure what he was doing. Uh, this is, again, it's one of those things where you, you know, I always laugh about, you know, I put my career in the hands of, you know, 15, 16, 17 year olds. Um, and this is one of those moments where, okay, you, tr you're trying to, you're trying to overthink this process a little bit. Yeah. Um, we're not running counter. Um, you know, we're running power read. And as I showed them this on film, I said, look at the, look at the lane right here. This is the lane you yeah. should have been running it because we got this all taken care of. They've committed to outside zone again. Yeah. This is where we're going, but for some reason we overthink it and we we cut back across. Again, you know, it's he's an athlete, so he gets a little bit, you know. Oh well. He gets, you know, eight yards off it. Yeah. But it's still, you know, it's it's that overthinking of the process. Okay. 
Well, that and, and you know as I do, it's you're, like you said, 15, 16, 17-year-olds. You're also trusting 15, 16, 17-year-olds to make a read, the consistent read every play. And and, they, and their, their attention span with their phones, as it is, is a struggle. Yeah. So, I mean, That's exactly right. Especially, and, and as you point out, a lot of this is year one. Year one's always the interesting year with the system. You know, as I do. And you, I mean, we've both been in a couple of different places. And when you install something first time, it's a lot. And, every, and, and the funny thing is with installing stuff so hard first time, the hiccups never the same, like oh, no, it is it, never the same ever. It's like oh, I know how to yeah, fix this hiccup. You go eight weeks without this one, one hiccup, and you're like, why? Why all of a sudden is that a hiccup? Why yeah. do we not know our lefts and our rights all of a sudden? Yep. Uh, you know that's one of those things where it, it was funny. That, you know this year our comeback and quarterback constantly were arguing because they would mess up left and right because we go because we go colors yeah for our direction we go colors in, in, a, in a number of our directions so there are several times that you know our quarterback would give our own line you know one direction and then those two would run the play in the other direction because like, how are we still having this problem eight weeks into the season but, and, and, you know, those are a lot of the problems that you have when you, you are in a, a new system, new terminology, that sort of thing. So, uh, this is a, we're fourth and four right here. Uh, that's one thing about working for the guy that I work for. Uh, if we're at the, you know, 40, you know, if we're basically 60 yards out from the end zone, we're going for it on fourth down most of the time. And so as a play caller, you know, I, I feel like I have two second downs that I'm working with. Um, and then a third down is the fourth down because I know that, you know, I, I know for a fact that when I'm when I'm calling plays, that I don't have to. Tr- I can treat my third down as if it's another second down. So it really helps on the play calling of, of things. But here um, now we're we're adding a little H back motion here and run it again and again. He goes out, you know, he goes out the back door. Um, but this is one of those things. He gets 16 yards on this. And it's one of those it's it's one of those things where you pat them on the helmet and go, "Great job! Um, can we please run it right next time?" You know, <laughs> like it's like it's drawn. But hey, you got 16 yards on fourth and four. Um, hey, you know, I'll we'll live with that today. We'll live with that for another down. That, that's um, a, that's the other thing I, I hate is oh, yay! We just gained 16 yards. We do not run one ounce of that correctly, and that's the like good job. Exactly. But. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's why that's that's why you you, you teach in film. Yeah. Um, and hey, you know, in the heat of the moment, playmakers make plays, and that's what I tell my kids all the time. Playmakers make playmakers make plays. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know, moan the the, the 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 play at this point in time. I'll make a comment on the headset going, I don't understand why we can't run this play right, but hey, 16 yards is 16 yards. Let's yeah. keep going. Um, then on on the next day when we get into film, gonna look gonna. Then I'm going to coach them going, we've got to stop doing this. We're not running counter. If they if they have a run through that hot gap, you're going to get smoked um, through that through that backside gap because the will's coming. Yeah. Um, run the play like it's run. But again, you know, at the, at the, in the heat of the moment at that point in time, yeah. we converted a fourth down. So um, I jokingly say this. Um, so our quarterback, you know, we stopped, we didn't run power read this time. We ran quarterback counter off the, off the, the, the outside zone look. Um, just cause I told my, I remember telling my quarterback, you want to run quarterback counter so much, we're going to run it now. Um, so we're going to run it with the outside zone look. Uh, and we're going to run. And so. Please tell me he ran power read instead. No, he, no, he ran, he ran quarterback counter this time. Oh. He ran it right. Cause we blocked it. But you can see here we got. I mean, we've got we've got overload to this side. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, we got an overload to this side. Again, um, I like running outside zone to the boundary a lot too. Um, yeah. Because I'll we'll RPO off it, and you know we'll we'll throw a back we'll throw a glass. Um, and we'll so there are, you know there are several things that we do into the boundary. So we we again we're in the fourth quarter. You know, we probably this guy probably already has 300 yards rushing and 290 of it's on outside zone. Um, so we give that look. We're overloaded here, and it sets up perfectly for us. Um, and so we uh, we run our our 
quarterback counter off this. There you go. So that was, uh, you know, that, again, that was one of those plays where. Um, that was very, you know, again, it was, it was good for us. It was, it was just one of those, it, one of those nights where everything seemed to work for us. Yeah. So, so there you go right here. Here's our over the top look right here. So we've just got, we got a core out here and we've got a safety. And so really, um, it really set up well for us. Yeah. Our H back, our H back that year was our offensive MVP. As great as our quarterback was, as great as our tailback was. Um, we were the way we were offensively because of this kid. Yeah. And, you know, I tell, I tell people all the time, I tell coaches all the time, uh, besides my, besides our quarterback, um, you know, you got to have a dude at quarterback. You got to find an H back. Your H back is the centerpiece, everything you want to do. Because if you, if you don't have an H back in the power spread, you're not going to be very good. Um, because he's, he's your guy who's going to set up a lot of things from a blocking standpoint. And what you want to do, and if you've just got a regular guy there, um, you're you're not going to be very successful. And so this kid right here was our offensive MVP for our team that year, and it's because of this stuff. I mean, he got, you know, he probably got eight passes thrown to him all year. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know it, when when our tailback went out, we put him in as a tailback and got him some carries because um, he earned the right. But this is the type of stuff right here you see on this on this block out here this is what i mean this is what made him great he, he sacrificed his body he loved to cut people down and so you know he cuts them down and that's just a, a nice 18 yard gain on, on a quarterback counterplay for us yeah so but those you know that's just some of the the, the ways that we we run quarterback or the, you know our power read you know the, the quarterback counter off of that outside zone look for me, the, the biggest, you know, I, I, I say this all the time, and it's, it's really easy to say, um, but it's hard to implement as a coach because we get stubborn in our ways, is, is making sure that you have the pulse of your players in regards to what, what their strengths are. You know, if, if, you're, if your kids block outside zone really well, run outside zone and let that be a core element of what you do. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, this year we didn't run counter very much because we just weren't good at blocking it. Yeah. Um, and so we were heavy inside zone power outside zone and wide zone. Our kid, you know, we have two tailbacks that run wide zone real well. Well, wide zone really is not one of those staple plays that come with the power spread, but it's a great off play to outside zone. We put, you know, we, we got, we're, we're more of the pistol this year than we were the previous two years. Um, cause I've got two kids who are great downhill runners. And so it's just having, it's just knowing the pulse of, of your personnel and this, you know, in this first year there, you know, outside zone just became one of those, one of those plays for us that you know, it, it became the, the first play. It wasn't inside zone. It wasn't split zone. It was outside zone. And then we, we grew from there. Yeah. Now, I mean, the last question I got for you, and, and as this continues to evolve, obviously we've added RPOs and power reads and kind of an add addition, in all honesty, to a power spread offense. Is where do you and I, and I love asking coaches questions. Where do you think like the next evolution, or what do you see over the horizon as this continues a, a power spread like offense to go? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I, I've seen more and more. Um, and I've just never been a believer in it. I, again, I've, I'm a Brent Dearman homer when it comes to this stuff. Uh, I see a lot of coaches, a lot of teams running backside RPOs now. Um, and I have a hard time asking my quarterback open one way and then flip back and throw the other way. Yeah. Um, you know, Alabama you know, with, with Sarkeesian is great at it. Um, but you can do that when you've got the people of, of Alabama do. But I see more and more, you know, I have more and more coaches ask me, well, do you read, do you read backside? Uh, no, our backside away from the play is our gift stuff. That's a pretty snap read for us. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to post that RPO 
away from from the back of my quarterback because it's just you know he's making a front side run read and if he if he gets a if he gets a pass so he wheels around and throws I mean there are so many things that go into that uh, but I see more and more teams doing that um, I see more and more teams getting to third and fourth level stuff I, it, to me I think the next step is seeing more of that concept. Okay. concept plays like Y cross um, and, and those sorts of plays being implemented into an RPO. Um, you know, I, it, right now a lot of teams run quick game with it. It's, it's boom, boom, get the ball in out because, you know, because the legal men downfield and stuff like that. But I can, I can see the, the, the progressing of this being backside RPO to, you know, fourth level RPOs, to, you know, beat concept type RPOs, those sorts of things. Um, that's where I see it right now. But again, you know, I, when I started running this, this, this power spread philosophy, you know, our, our RPOs were quick screens. You know, we're either running a hitch screen or a bubble screen. We weren't running, you know, hitch routes, stick, snag. You know, that was, you know, that, that was kind of unheard of. Yeah. I'm doing that, and then it's just progressed more and more. So who knows with this crazy game? Okay. All right. Well, coaches, uh, make sure you uh, obviously check out more coaches stuff on his YouTube channel. Um, again, all this stuff will be below uh, here. Uh, make sure you give him a follow on Twitter. His Twitter will be down below. If you want to reach out to Coach, uh, Coach is, is pretty dang good. He, he Coach has a lot of philosophy that me and uh, like a couple other coaches have. Is if you're a coach and you follow us, you probably will get a follow back. That's very rare. Yeah. I. I have a, that's a very big pet peeve of mine, coach. That coaches that don't follow or coaches back, but that's a whole other podcast rant that I could go on. No, I'm the same way. I mean, if you follow me, I'm going to follow you back. Yeah. Um, to me, it's with Twitter. The great thing with Twitter is it's, it's a great coaches network. That's what I use it for. If it weren't for coaching networking, I would not be on social media. Same here. Um, because I absolutely cannot stand it. But it's great from a coaching networking standpoint. I've met more people through Twitter um, and talk to more people because of, of the coaching networking um, through Twitter than I ever could have imagined. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm that way. Uh, my philosophy is, uh, you know, if you, uh, if you follow me, I'm going to follow you back. If you send me a direct message uh, asking for, you know, asking a question, asking for help on something, I, I'm all about coaches helping coaches. Yep. Um, I pay it forward. And that's what this profession is all about. And I think sometimes that gets lost. Um, in the profession because everyone's so, you know, so caught up on moving to that next level and trying to get ahead. And that sort of thing that we forget about what um, this profession is all about. And to me, it's always going to be about that for me. And then coaches, obviously, if there's any part of this you want to go back and listen to, tags are below. Make sure you click on a tag. Go back to that spot, whether it be back at the beginning of the film, talking about quarterback footwork, his background, wherever you want to go with that. Uh, make sure you check out the sponsors and affiliates below. Um, and then that was another episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast.